Welcome to the Cosmic Business Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Palace, and this podcast is for soulful entrepreneurs who want to harness the cosmic power of astrology to elevate their message, unlock flow, and attract their best clients ever. Join me every week and get excited to discover how you can use the energy of the cosmos to get the business breakthrough you've been waiting for. Let's get down to it. What is better, human design or astrology? Now, this is a question that has been on my mind for some time. It's a topic that I really have wanted to dive into because so many of my clients know their human design and they also want to know more about their astrology chart. So I am bringing in human design expert and empowerment mentor, Kirsten Morrison, who I actually had a human design reading with recently. So we can compare and contrast human design and astrology and see what we come out with in the end, what's better for your business. Now, I absolutely loved this chat with Kirsten. She does some amazing work in guiding women to break up with their inherited self and claim their authentic, inherent self. She is the host of her own podcast, Expressed. She's an NLP practitioner and breathwork facilitator, and she alchemizes it all through the lens of human design. It's her mission to support women to remember their magnificence. And I love that she brings it all together in this beautiful foundation of human design and supports you to make things happen in a way that's energetically aligned for your unique blueprint. So our chat today will cover a few key things, particularly the ways human design and astrology are similar and different. You'll find out how to work better with your energy type And also what it actually means to be a generator or a manifester or a manifesting generator or a projector or a reflector. We really go deep into these types and I just love Kirsten's take on the whole thing. So get comfy and listen in for this extended episode on human design versus astrology. And welcome to another episode of the Cosmic Business Breakthrough. Today, I'm so happy to be chatting with human design expert, Kirsten Morrison. I wanted to start by finding a little bit more about you and how you got into human design and a bit more about, you know, your background and and what led you here and and how you created this business that you have. Mm, oh my God, such a long story. And I have not ever figured out how to condense it, <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to try and keep it to the short version. But basically um, I went on this beautiful big trip to America back in 2016, which I had had on my bucket list to do for ages. I'd already been a few times, but I went on a longer trip for three months And I had some really big revelations in that time, particularly around the direction that I wanted to head in. And, you know, up until then, like my biggest, I guess, cause of pain in my life was a lack of purpose. And I was so fixated on finding my purpose because I thought that would be the solution to my problems. But I really realized on this trip that me not believing in myself or having the ability to back myself 
was actually at the core of it all. So I made a commitment to myself as the year turned into 2017 when I was still in America that I was going to come home and dedicate that entire year to personal development. And so I pretty much signed up to everything I could get my hands on. (laughs) And the first in-person experience that I went to, um, there was so much somatic releasing and so much deep work that I'd never done before, that basically it gave me this perspective shift in two days where this belief that I'd held onto my whole life about not being good enough, there was a crack in it and I could see the light at the end of the tunnel and I was like, oh wow, for the first time in my life, I see that this isn't actually true. It's just an experience that I've had in my life that has compounded into a belief. And so I was like, wow, like whatever this sorcery is, if this can happen in two days, like (laughs) I feel like my whole life changed. I want to do this for other people. And so that was really the start of having this sense of purpose and direction that I not only spent that year really diving into my own development, but I started gathering tools like my coaching diploma, did my breathwork qualifications, different things like that, that I had experienced that were really helpful for me that I could use to help other people. And so that's really how I started my business. And at that time I was still working my full-time job, which was in event management. So very different (laughs) career path. And so I started doing the juggle of full-time and business, part-time and business. I dropped back. And then basically at the end of 2019, my boss at the time said to me, like, you've got to make a decision. We need you to come back full time because I was actually the event manager there. So it was quite a big role. It probably should never have been part time. And so she's like, we really need you back here full time. So you've got to make a decision. Are you going to come back here full time or are you going to go full time into your business? And so it was definitely a real big fork in the road moment. And, you know, I had been at that job for just about 10 years at that point. So there was so much stability and security that I'd gained there. And it was a really big leap of faith to take at that time. But I did it. I decided that I'd go full time on my business because I'd already made so much progress being part time that I didn't want to lose that progress going back full time. So I decided to quit my last day was the end of February, 2020. (laughs) And so then we were plunged into an entire new world in March. Brilliant timing. Great timing. I love that I waited 10 years patiently, diligently waiting for the perfect timing, made it absolutely beautifully. And so then the world was plunged into this pandemic pivoting. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. I'm just trying to figure out like normal full-time business, let alone pandemic business. (laughs) So, and also at that time, my main source of income was in-person breath work. And I had all these in-person event lines up and it was all this, all of what I had planned for was just out the window. And so it was a really difficult baptism by fire, basically into full-time entrepreneurship. But I always say, if I can make it through that, I can make it through anything. (laughs) And so basically what happened in that time though, was I was really struggling with trying to figure out what to do. And so because of all of the uncertainty, I was really asking all of my friends in business at that time, like, what should I be doing? What are you doing? What works? Where should I be putting my energy? Unbeknownst to me, all of my friends in business are projectors or generators. (laughs) So they were telling me what to do. I was doing it to the letter and none of it was fucking working. And so I was so angry, manifesto, not self of anger. And I had really gotten to this point where I was super fed up. I was like, why is it working for everyone else but not me? 
<laughs> and so at that time as well, human design was popping up everywhere for me. I'd already known about it since 2018, but I'd kind of just written it off as too complicated, didn't really get it. And it had started just popping up in my feed and my awareness everywhere. And I was like, you know what, let me just book a reading Like maybe there'll be some answers in there for myself. I don't know. Like I was just at my wits end at that point. So I booked a reading and there was so much confirmation, validation, certainty, waves of understanding of myself in that 90 minutes that I was just like, oh my God, everything makes sense now. I make sense now. It totally makes sense why none of these strategies that everyone's been telling me to do work for me because as a manifester, I'm here to do things very differently and carve out my own realities and not seek out permission. So I was basically creating a repelling energy in my business because I wasn't honoring my type. So that was this huge like awakening for me into my manifester energy. And I really started to experiment with my human design from that moment on. And like immediately Everything that I had been chasing for, pushing for, trying for within like a month had basically like landed in my reality. And I was like, whoa, like this is a major turnaround. I can't believe this. And not only that, I felt so much better. I felt so much more empowered. And so I just started playing with my experiment for the rest of the year. And the whole time there was just this ping of like, oh my God, like, I want to do this. I want to do this in my business. And I was like, no, 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 no. I already have so many modalities. I don't need this. I'll just send everyone to, you know, the lady who did my reading. I'll, you know, I'll get her in for my programs. I was like, I don't need to do it for myself. Anyway, I did a program at the end of 2020 with the woman that I studied human design with. And the first question she asked us on our first call was, what are you pretending not to care about? And I was like, oh, human design. (laughs) So I signed up to her reader training that day. And by January 2021, I started basically pivoting my whole business into human design and have never looked back since. It's been so empowering and beneficial to me. It's completely revolutionized the way that I work with people. It's changed my life like 180 degrees, but also now basically, you know, unintentionally, my whole business has just become centered around human design, whether that be from products, reader training, (laughs) readings, like everything is now through this beautiful lens of human design. So I'm so grateful that I decided to on a whim book that reading at my wits end because I could not imagine my life without it. I love that. And I find it really interesting that you pivoted your business around the same time that I pivoted my business in that whole 2020 time. It just happened to work out you know, you were in events. So obviously this was the best pathway for you to take at that time to be able to move into this more online space eventually. And we're not going to dive hugely into your chart right now, but in your astrology chart, you and I have both have the same rising signs with Taurus rising. And from 2018 to now, we are going through a massive shift in our identity and our work and all of that stuff. So it's really interesting that it all kind of coincides with that timing. I just I just love reflecting on timing cycles because they're just always there in the chart somewhere. Totally. And I'm also a Taurus North Node, so I feel like I've really been catapulting in that really sticky towards 40 bit where like the universe is like, you will listen to your Taurus North node. (laughs) Absolutely. That's so true. And now we know you can't not know, right? You can't ignore (laughs) once you've learned these things, but 
Let's talk more about human design because I want today to just be this exploration of human design versus astrology, but also together because I had a session with you and I feel the power of human design. I'm an astrologer myself, but I see so much value in knowing my human design. And I see that for so many of my clients who come to me who go, I'm a manifesting generator, or I'm a manifester, or, you know, people tend to know their energy types. So, you know, let's kind of take a step back a little bit. What is human design? How does it work? What's incorporated into it? Because I know astrology is part of human design. And you know, what do you see as the biggest asset to your business that you gain from working with human design, knowing your human design? So basically human design is a combination of astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetic code science. There's so much involved in human design. It's like this alchemy of all of these incredible things in the world that basically I think one of the main benefits to human design is it really blends quite distinctly, clearly, the personality aspect of us. So our soul, psyche, our purpose mixed with this real tangible body aspect. And I think that that's probably where a lot of people have that immediate resonance to human design, because it's not only a really easy way to help understand how we operate best from that personality, soul expression level, but it also gives you really tangible easy to see quantifiable things that you can do in your daily life to support yourself in terms of stress levels, how you process emotions, how you express your communication. Like it's all really easy to see in that body graph. And I think that's what makes it so easy for people to get on board with and understand because it's such a simple system when you really know how to explain it. And I think that that has been probably the biggest impact in terms of my business that I've noticed with human design is not only understanding and having this really clear, tangible thing that I keep going back to of like, okay, this is what I'm here for. This is how I operate best, but also how to support myself in the micro moments too, because I'm an emotional authority. I make decisions off my emotions. I also have a very deep emotional process in life, in my creations. And prior to really understanding this, I often got tangled up in the emotions of my emotional authority wave rather than being an observer of that process. And so now, you know, knowing exactly what I need in all aspects of my cycle as an emotional authority, as a manifester, I work in surges, work in rest. That has been life altering, just knowing exactly how to set myself up to succeed in the micro and the macro and what I actually need on an emotional and physical and spiritual level as well to be able to support myself through the day to day and also to be able to impact in the way that I'm here to impact. You know, we were talking about before we jumped on, you know, in my surge and rest cycles, that was something I never even gave myself the grace to experience prior to understanding that I was a manifester. I was constantly trying to be a generator and push through or shaming myself for my periods of rest. Like I felt like there was something wrong with me. And there's so many funny Facebook memory posts that pop up for me all the time. That's like, oh, sorry, I've been MIA offline again. Like, and there's like all this stuff about like hustle grind and like, it's just like, oh, baby Kirsten, like, okay. Like, but it's like so much apology in my inability to show up consistently. And so having this context and framework in this tangible language to understand myself has been so powerful because now I'm like, 
okay, great. I'm in my rest period. I need to book in a float session. I need an infrared sauna. I need to get my breathwork mattress out because I'm going to be laying on the floor a lot. I need to like (laughs) allow myself the grace of some sleep-ins, crack out some new books. Like there's so many things that I know that I need in that cycle. And that's when I kind of give to myself more. I'm like, you know, now I'm back at like pole dancing four four days a week. Whereas when I was in my surge, going once for my course class was annoying. So I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, like I'm in, I'm surging. I don't have time for this. (laughs) There's so many things that I now know how to capitalize on my surge and how not to apologize and deeply enjoy my rest. And that sort of tangibility to how we operate, but also knowing that the deeper rest that I am, the more I can impact. And I inform my audience. I'm like, okay, great, cool. That was fun. I'm off to Hermit now. Or like, hey guys, the momentum shifted. I'll see you on Monday and buckle in, brace yourself because we're going all out. And so like people who have been with me for a while in my audience, like know what to expect. And there's an excitement that's generated when I say I'm coming back and everyone's like, okay, enjoy your hammer time. When I like go off into my rest period and people know to expect that from me now. So I think that has been really powerful in my business. And it's obviously made such a huge impact in, you know, my revenue, like everything that has come from following how I operate best And also just even in my health and my energy levels and my relationship to myself and life too. Yeah, I think the huge benefit that I noticed after having that reading with you and, you know, what you've explained to us now is like human design gives you those tangible ways to work with your energy, how many hours you need to sleep or like when you're in those surge cycles or or rest cycles and it's interesting for me because, I mean, I knew this about myself before, but I didn't know it in detail till I had a, a session with you. As a generator, resting is difficult for us, for me anyway. And I think that learning about human design and that that I need to also be able to respond to things rather than thinking, oh, everybody else or the manifestors in my life or, you know, in business or whatever, they just initiate. They just go for things. They just like create things out of no- nothing. And that doesn't work for me. That's different to how we use our energy, but it's something that I find really useful in knowing my human design now is that I look for things to respond to rather than trying to create from nothing. Like there has to be something else initiated for me to respond to. And that's hugely useful because again, like you said, it takes away that feeling of shame. Like, oh, she does it, but I can't do it. Why can't I do it? Like, you know, I should be able to do it, but that's not actually how you're meant to do it. You're meant to be, you're meant to be a responder. You're meant to be able to operate in a completely different way. And, you know, something that I compare this to in astrology would be like your moon, your moon phase and your moon sign. So knowing that about yourself through astrology can be really useful. I know that about myself And still I find knowing, you know, the human design part of it, it gives you that extra piece of clarity and practical awareness, I guess. So you can apply that really easily and you can bring yourself back to that all the time. Okay, actually, am I trying to initiate or am I responding? Like what's happening here? Am I using my energy in the most effective way? Am I trying to push through when I really want to rest? That kind of thing. I think that's a really great word as well, the practicality of it, because I think that's really what it gives you is this really, like I said, tangible, practical application. And what I find 
and how that works best is because it gives our mind something to work with so we can stop convincing ourselves out of our own natural way of being because now it's like, you know, the mind's like, oh, well, you know, we're an emotional authority. So, <laughs> and so it's like, or a manifest and we can have rest. So it's like, it gives our mind like something to latch onto that it needs that level of certainty. And I think that's what this framework really gives us is just this tangible tool to assuade the mind and allow us to actually just do what comes naturally anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It is that affirmation that you get from both astrology and human designers like, oh, this is how I want to do it. But now I feel like I'm affirmed. I feel like it's okay to do this stuff. So I guess like when we're looking at the strengths of human design parallel with the strengths of astrology, I'm going to give my thoughts on this and then I'd love to hear what you you think. Human design gives you like that really detailed description of your life purpose. Like I know from my session with you, you, you really can get really honed in on the life purpose and your energy and what makes you satisfied in, in life and in business. And it's really focused on kind of your mission in life, I suppose, which is really awesome. And where I see the strengths of astrology in tandem with that is like astrology gives us that idea of divine timing. It gives us that connection with the cycles of the cosmos, but also our own cycles. So even though I'm a generator, I can still follow my own cycles. I can respond to the moon cycle and know that where I am in the moon cycle, the way that I feel in response to the moon cycle is that at certain times of the month, I will need to rest or I will be more low key. But most of the month, you know, this will happen or this is the best time to be visible. So I can incorporate that timing into my human design, into understanding my human design. And also the other benefit of astrology that I don't think that you can get through human design is that understanding of progressions transits over time but please let me know if I'm I'm wrong so like in terms of I can look at my progress chart or my transits and see what's coming up what energy situations opportunities or challenges may be coming up for me or my clients and I know that there are other things that you can do in human design so fill me in on where where else you see it working absolutely agree with everything you said like about that kind of difference but I think that's also where the astrology aspect does come into human design as we can actually look at transits in human design as well. We just look at it in a slightly different way is that I guess rather than, you know, necessarily looking at it from, you know, when we're thinking about, you know, the um, like, you know, Mercury retrograde or something like that, we're kind of looking at like the theme of that and what that means collectively and things like that, which is really helpful. Whereas with human design, one of the things that we look at when we look at transits is the impact the planets are having on specific gates. And so I actually find that looking at that collective planetary cycle in tandem with the gates can also provide a layer of depth and insight to that on a different level as well. So we can actually look at how we may be impacted coming up with the gates because the gates bring specific themes. Like recently, I think when I launched my offering Catalyst, my membership, one of the global gates that we were kind of all transiting together was around purpose and meaning and that kind of bigger, greater purpose and meaning. And that was definitely a large catalyst for what meant that I wanted to drop my membership, ironically called Catalyst, um, (laughs) 
but that was a real driving force. And when I realized that that was where we're at in the trends, I'm like, oh my God, well, it makes so much sense of why this is like a burning hot desire within me now to bring this specific creation out of the woodworks. So I think we can kind of bring in that aspect of astrology. We just look at it in a more like refined way in terms of the gates that are being impacted. And say, for example, if we have that gate defined in our chart, we might feel that more intensely than if we don't. So there's different little subtleties with that as well. And that's something that I'm still quite new to exploring. And it is something that I really want to work with more next year, because I think it is helpful to have that grander understanding because, you know, even in human design, it's all filtered through the planetary energies. So we're very impacted by the planets in human design as well, whether it be our Mercury, but when we're looking at the gate in our Mercury or our Venus values, but we're looking at the gates and the themes with that. So it's all very similar, but we're kind of then weaving in that gate activation and the themes that come with that. So we're just looking at it through a different lens. And I always say like all roads lead to truth. When I have, you know, my astrology friends tell me things about my chart from their perspective, I'm like, oh yeah, well in human design, it's that. So it's like, it's the same sort of thing. We're just looking at it through a different lens. And it's so funny because to me, astrology, I just cannot understand. Like when people talk, they're like the eighth house, like different things. I'm like, I don't know, you're talking gibberish, but like (laughs) the human design, I deeply understand. And it's just so fascinating that, you know, when I hear information about my astrology chart, it immediately makes sense from a human design perspective. And I can just see it in a different light, but I think it, it, regardless of which option you prefer or choose, you're still going to get that clarity about yourself. So I think that it just depends on what obviously ultimately resonates for you. And if you have the, you know, time, energy, desire to be invested in both, I think you would be like profoundly impacted. (laughs) Um, But I think that they do really work really well in tandem because astrology is a part of human design and it is an aspect that we can look at. And, you know, there is this kind of, um, I guess, analogy within our design that, the areas of our definition where we're colored in are where we're the student. Our white open areas are the school. It's what we're, where we're learning and our planets are the teachers. So we still have that planetary energy teaching us things through our design, but it's just where and how and what it's actually impacting regarding that. So say, for example, if I had my mercury energy which was around communication that gate was activated in my solar plexus which is to do with emotions like there might be like a different way that that's filtered through and a different learning that I'm gaining there or you know things like that so there's so many little layers of depth that we can look at for both but I think really they're just beautiful tools that ultimately lead us to our truth yeah and there's a similar thing in astrology when you're talking about the defined and undefined gates or the defined and undefined centers it's a similar thing if you've got a planet in your astrology chart in either a difficult place in the chart, that could be a teacher to you. That that aspect is a teacher to you. Whereas if you've got the, the planet in a really good place, you're on track with that. Like that's kind of comes naturally to you. Whereas the, the planet that's in detriment or in a difficult house, that's your teacher planet or that's what you're here to teach. There's something about that that you need to work with. So it's just another way of looking at your truth and also like your purpose and what what you're here to learn in this lifetime. So it's really great to see that reflected in both places. And I guess whatever resonates more for you, whatever makes more sense to you, as you say, like astrology for you might not make a lot of sense. Looking at looking at a chart particularly might not make a lot of sense. Just like for me, looking at a body graph doesn't make a lot of sense but we each have our own ways of of now better understanding ourselves and better understanding 
our clients and the world around us. And the transit stuff, I love that that applies in human design as well, because it's just so awesome to be able to notice those bigger planetary transits and how they coincide with these feelings that we get in our business. Like, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that or I want to do all the things like right now. But that's such a cool thing to use in business. Like it's such an illuminating thing I find for people to actually be able to work with that and go, okay, this is where the energy is going. This is what I want to launch now. Well, interestingly enough as well, but like just on that, I had an astrology like business planning session at the start of the year and I asked the astrologer, what is the best, like what what do you feel would be the best windows to surge and rest? Like just out of curiosity, I just wanted to see. And interestingly enough, everything that she said would be ideal times for surge and best times to rest have pretty much almost to the letter been exactly how it's played out. So there obviously is a planetary impact that is made on my surges and rest. But even how you're talking about now about that energy of like wanting to do all the things like I'm in a rest period. I don't want to do anything, <laughs> so, but I do have a lot of ideas. I just don't have the energy for them, but I've got a lot of ideas swirling for next year that I'm like, it's all starting to take shape. But my actual physical body is like, you're going to be waiting till we get back on track here. <laughs> yeah. Mars is in Gemini, all the ideas, but it's retrograde. So it's like, don't have energy for that right now. And I mean, that's collectively, it can be, depending on your chart, that you don't have energy for it. And you do have the moon in Gemini. So there's that influence there of like feeling that retrograde a little more intensely. But there can be when things are retrograde, it's like, I have all these ideas and I want to move forward, but I can't really right now. Now's not the right time. Whether it's like, I can't be bothered, you know, I need to rest or whether it's like something else is blocking our momentum forward. There's usually like some other obstacle in our path when that's happening. So yeah, you can kind of predict those times of rest and and surge quite easily by looking at someone's chart and also the cosmic energy in general to know, okay, this is going to be happening. So it's going to be trickier to do something at this time. doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means you might be working against the energy instead of working in flow with the energy. And that's why we like things like human design and astrology, because it allows us to work in flow with the energy instead of always hitting up against the obstacle of the energy. So yeah, that's awesome that your planning session figured that out early in the year. But ironically, I did not look at it until a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was actually like pretty spot on. But I didn't actually like consciously look at that and think, okay, I'm going to surge, then I'm going to rest. And it was just fascinating to, in hindsight, see that that's pretty much not to the letter always, but roughly that was around how it worked. And I think that was just really cool to note and made me curious about how the planets were maybe impacting my surge and rest. But also my surges are very deeply dependent on how well I rest myself as well. So it's like, even though like if I didn't rest myself, it wouldn't really matter what the planets were saying about my surge because I would probably be my physical body would be like, well, you didn't rest. So we're not doing it. (laughs) Yes, that's it. So tell us all a bit more about the types, I guess. We'll just do a broader kind of look at human design. What are the main energy types and how do these, you know, play out in our businesses in particular? We've kind of touched on it because you and I both talked about our different types a little bit, but I'd love to hear from you, like how the types operate in business in general. So 
I'm going to try and be as brief as possible. Otherwise, we could be here all day going into this particular area. But basically, there are five types in human design. We have the manifester, the generator, the manifesting generator, the projector and the reflector. So really broad overview is the manifestors are here to be the initiators. We have a closed and repelling aura. So we're basically here to trust our inner urges, initiate off the back of them, Our strategy to use our energy correctly is to inform. When we inform, we're essentially like moving any resistance out of our path. Our aura is also pushing outward to clear the way. So we work best in surges and rests. So when we have that inner urge, we inform and we go into this big surge, kind of like a rocket launch. So, so much happens in a short period of time. And we really are like the spark or the flamethrower. Like we get things started and we get things happening and we get energy moving However, we then need to go into a period of deep rest. (laughs) So that sense of, you know, really like launching and creating and offering and making this like big impact. We then go into these periods of rest, which is where we can deliver things and we can, you know, move in a different way. We don't necessarily need to be like in bed all day watching Netflix. That's not necessarily like what a rest period always looks like, but it's more about like delivery. We might come offline a little bit more. And so really that's how we're here to work. And the more that we can allow ourselves to physically recharge and and bring that body restoration back and kind of create this spaciousness for that next little seed to plant, then we surge again. And so we're really here to make this really big impact. I think one of the biggest learnings for me within this was that my impact would be felt even when I wasn't physically there. And when I did come offline, I think, you know, that everyone's like, the algorithm will forget you. People will like move on. It's like, no, like what I do in that time outweighs my need to rest. Like when I did my podcast, I launched the whole thing in one day, the whole season. And I've had people months later, like, oh my God, I'm just finding your podcast. So it's like that stuff just keeps going. And so it's about also creating things that do have that ability to support you when you take your step back as well. And knowing that your impact is felt like an asteroid, it's like that ripple effect keeps going. Then you come back again. This is a really interesting difference is that you can batch, right? Like you go into a surge and you can batch all this content and you can create courses and you can do a whole season of a podcast. And I think you're about to talk about this, but I cannot for the life of me batch content. I am a really consistent content creator. Batching to me feels really hard. And I think that's because I'm a generator. So please (laughs) explain. So I would say that I can't batch content either. So like, I guess that podcast was a little bit different because I actually booked a podcast studio in a search and invited my guests in. So I just had like, because I had the energy, we did like a full immersive day. The next day I edited it and it was out by the next afternoon. Like it was like a quick turnaround. Whereas like if I were to even in a surge, think about sitting down and like writing 10 posts like that. I want to vomit just thinking about that. So that just would not work for me either. Whereas I think there's more of a natural stream of content that just comes in a surge. And I don't necessarily wait to put that out when I'm in a rest. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't have the energy to even be like replying to comments and stories and stuff. Like I don't even want to be online in that time. So it's not necessarily about batching to keep consistency. It's like, I'm going to hit you with an avalanche of stuff because I'm on fire and like there's just stuff pouring out of me. So I'm like, like I'm on stories, posts are just flying out, the podcast's out, like things are just happening. And then I'm like, all right, bye. (laughs) So it's not necessarily around like batching in those periods to create consistency because I dropped the whole podcast in one hit. So it was like, hey guys, season one's out, 10 episodes, binge it like Netflix, I'm I'm done. (laughs) 
So that's kind of like the slight difference. But in terms of what you're saying around the generator, that also really makes sense because the generators and manifesting generators, what sets you apart from the rest of us is you have a defined sacral. So this is the biggest energy motor in the human design system. And it gives you the ability to be a bit more of a marathon runner, whereas I'm definitely a sprinter. I sprint my hundred meter race and then I'm like, off for recovery. (laughs) Whereas you guys have more of that marathon momentum and you may speed up in times, have a little short sprint and you might slow down and walk at times, but you're continually in this sacral momentum and the momentum may change, but the momentum stays reasonably consistent throughout. The manifesting generators probably have a few more sprints in there, maybe than the generators who are a little bit more about that methodical kind of like pace, whereas the the manifesting generators have the kind of like hybrid energy. So they might kick it up into gear occasionally a little bit more. But basically with this defined sacral energy, the biggest things, and I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions around the generator types as well, is that you have an endless supply of energy for everything. And one of the things that I always say to my generator clients Just because you can doesn't mean you have to, because your little sacral motor is not an endless supply of energy for everything and anything. It is a well of resource energy for you to use for the things that you love. And so that's really the biggest tip I would really give generators and manifesting generators when it comes to their life, their business, is how can you really do what you love and really be with that energy of the joy and the satisfaction and be in that because that's really what you are here for. When you respond, which is your strategy, what your sacral is constantly telling you is what you have energy for. Is it a yes? Is it a no? And it's going to feel constricting or expansive. And so for you, that's really the thing to pay attention to is what is feeling expansive and exciting because that's your sacral saying, hey, full tank of fuel, green light, let's go. The things that feel like a, ugh, like how you're talking about batching content, like the things that feel like a, well, maybe I guess I could if I had to, I don't know. Like that is the sacral being like abort mission. <laughs> We're going to be on empty. We do not have energy for this. So you are a sacred custodian of life force energy. And this life force energy is only to be used And you get the full impact of that when you're doing things that feel satisfying to you. So I always get my generator and manager clients to do a sacral stock take. Where are you expending your energy to the things that feel frustrating, which is the not self or feel hard or heavy, or you don't really feel lit up by doing. And how can you bring your energy back more into that place of satisfaction? Because that's really what the generators are here to do. And when you do feel like you can go and go and go is probably where you are applying your energy to the things that feel satisfying to you not just for anything and everything. And I think that's kind of this misconception about those types in the human design space is that you guys are like these energizer bunnies that we can just call upon for anything. And that's not necessarily the case. It's like we ask or invite or you get these hits of response to then use your energy for the things that feel satisfying to you. And when you do, that sacral energy builds up in your body it spills out into your auric field and you have an open and enveloping aura. So we feel that sacral excitement and we're like, oh, what's going on over here? I want to get involved. (laughs) And then we come to you and we're like, I want to be involved in this. And I can really feel the difference when I see a generator lit up sharing on their stories from a place of satisfaction, joy and excitement. I'm like, take my money. I'm in like, I don't even care what it, I don't even care if I don't need it. I'm like, I'm just really excited because you're excited. I'm like, I want to be a part of this. Whereas when it's coming from that place of, I haven't shown up today, so I better get on stories. 
I'm just like, no, like there's nothing about that that makes me want to lean in. And it's almost a repelling energy. So the biggest thing for the generators is really, really, really doing what they love. And I'm sure that you can attest to that too. (laughs) Absolutely. My energy for work shifted significantly when I started doing what I really love doing and when I can work on things that I'm really interested in and that bring me that sense of satisfaction. Like I'm still a copywriter. I still write for clients and I do get a really strong sense of satisfaction, but it has to be the right clients. It has to be the right kind of work. And I've realized that about myself now. And so that's, you know, where I can get more juice from, get more energy, get more motivation, get all of that stuff. And and in the stuff that you don't want to do, I'm learning to like outsource or say no to things. And that's fantastic. So awesome. All right. So tell us more about projectors and reflectors. Yes. So the projectors are basically these beautiful visionaries, guides and leaders, because they have an incredible perspective that the rest of us don't. If all of us were trudging along on a hike in the forest, they would be the drone or the eagle above the field. They can see things so differently to the rest of us because they have a deep and penetrating aura. So it actually goes into the other, whether that be a task, a system or a person. And it gives them this incredible clarity where they have this kind of blurring in their aura where they get a little taste of what's in front of them. And because of that, they can really optimize, systemize, perfect, correct processes, systems, ways of being, also optimize talents in people because they have this really clear way of seeing things. Now, because of this beautiful, unique perspective, their strategy is to wait for an invitation. I don't particularly love the languaging around that. I prefer to think of like allowing themselves to be recognized because the projectors really do have this incredible wisdom that the rest of us are quite fortunate to be able to gain access to. That's kind of the way that I think of it. So I always encourage my projectors to kind of hold their king or queen energy or hold that energy of them kind of being in the throne. They are the spotlight. So their aura shines like a spotlight. Not everyone's going to be ready to be in the spotlight. (laughs) So their only job is to really be visible in their genius, in their gift, to show up and hold that energy of like, this is what I see. This is how I can lead. This is how I can guide. This is what I offer. This is my perspective. This is my wisdom. This is what I know. This is how I can lead the way. And based on that, some people are going to be like, oh my God, yes, take me, guide me, lead me. Like, how can you, how can you support me? And they're going to invite them into those opportunities and they're going to recognize them and invite them into their world. And that's going to feel a lot better for the projector than going out and pitching and portion, like pushing and forcing and pitching and that kind of energy of like, you know, what we're encouraged to do, like cold DMing and all this like crazy stuff. I just can't even imagine how discomfort, like how uncomfortable that would be for a projector. But basically the reason behind that is, is because we get to recognize them for their perspective and wisdom and and invite them into an opportunity to utilize that wisdom. And so there needs to be a really beautiful reciprocity in that as well, whether that just even be, um, you know, an affirmation of like, wow, thank you. I really see you. I've come to you because I know you're really good at this, or I would love to have you on my podcast because of X, Y, Z, or, you know, we'd love to offer you this job because you're amazing at blah, blah, blah. You're so specialized. So like those opportunities where projectors are invited to share their wisdom is going to feel really effortless. And because there's that invitation, they know that that person's ready to be in their spotlight and they can go all in. So that's really the projector is they really have this beautiful visionary ability to be this guide. And so it's really about themselves, allowing themselves to be recognized 
being really clear at how they want to be invited into opportunities and knowing that they get to be recognized and seen in that invitation process and allowing themselves to be visible, to be able to attract invitations in whatever that means for them, however that feels aligned and knowing that the invitations are going to come. And in the times where it feels like they're not coming, that's when it's time to double down on recognizing themselves as the beautiful genius that they are. Well, that's really interesting. I need to learn a bit more about projectors because both of my kids are projectors and they certainly could like wait for an invitation a little more often <laughs> before sharing their genius. Yes. But we're working on there that. There we go. Well, maybe they don't have to. That's great. Like share it away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they feel comfortable with that. But um, I think that's where, you know, as adults, I think, you know, and, and a lot of the projectors I know, they're like, oh, it's like this. Because I always say to projectors, I'm like, even if I do like a, you know, a group presentation, I'm like, you know, for the projectors in the room, I'm like, hands up if you've ever thought, oh, I could have told you that if you just had to listen to me. And like, everyone's like, hands shoot up. And I'm like, how many times a day does that happen? They're like, every day. So I can imagine how frustrating it would be because it's like, I can see exactly what you need, but it's like, you know, when we want to leave a boyfriend or something, right? So we're not always ready in that moment to hear that that person's not right for us because we're not ready to let go. And so if we have this beautiful projector that can just punch a hole in our illusion at that time, we may reject that perspective and that's going to lead to them to be in their not self of bitterness. And they're going to be like, but I was trying to help and I can see it. And why don't you listen to me? So it's more about like, well, I mean, you really want a piece of this wisdom but if you whenever you're ready I've got the tea for you but (laughs) that's it so that's kind of more of that energy to hold I think is rather than feeling like they're disadvantaged by not sharing it or frustrated by not sharing it it's more like well if you want my wisdom you're gonna have to request it because it's it's a hot commodity so (laughs) it's just shifting that perspective rather than I'm waiting for an invitation to I'm not going to allow myself to be recognized because I'm amazing and so that's the beautiful projectors then we lastly have the reflectors they are actually only one percent of the population operate completely differently to all of us because we are all solar types in human design and they are a lunar type so they operate very differently to us their connection to the moon is really profound What sets them apart in their chart is when you pull out the body graph, the rest of us will have at least two energy centers colored in. They have none. So they have no defined energy centers in their chart whatsoever. And because of this, it gives them an incredible level of receptivity to the environment around them. And so I think of the reflectors like the Oracle in the matrix, where they're kind of this impartial, you know, judge. They're this kind of beautiful bringer of this incredible equity and fairness and equality into community spaces, because they are really here to show us what is fair and just and right and how we can make the world a better place because they're so in tune to the health of an environment. And and they really are able to utilize their design correctly. They're so amazing at being an observer of what needs to happen rather than absorbing it all as their own conditioning and allowing that to really move through them. And so one of the biggest key pieces for the reflectors to do that is to be in the constant practice of who do I want to be today? They don't need to define themselves by fixed identity boxes because they're really here to live a life of surprise and delight. And sometimes that means moving through to different community spaces. You know, ideally in society, we would have the reflectors 
take their sacred seat in the middle. And so they would be this constant ability and this reflection of like what's working, what's not, what, you know, what do we need to do collectively to make it better and more optimal for the rest of us. They can tell us how things are going. So I actually have a really, um, a client who's a reflector I've been working with for ages and she actually works in the justice system. And so it's actually really incredible that she has brought this ability to really work inside a system within Australia to be able to make things more fair and just (laughs) and equitable from the project management roles that she does. But it also allows her to move through different communities in that role. She has so many different hobbies and her own little business and different things outside of that, that I constantly seeing her moving through these different cycles. Um, But I think one of the, probably the biggest pieces of affirmation for the reflectors is their strategy is actually to wait a lunar cycle. And so it's more about creating that spaciousness for them, not adhering to any timelines, not letting anyone rush them, because the more that they can allow that spaciousness and time, the more clarity that builds for them. So ideas that they may have at the start of the month, some of them may stick by the end and some of them may not have even been theirs by the end of the month. They might've just had an idea that someone else is passing through. So giving themselves spaciousness and also really healthy access to healthy environments is really going to be the most impactful for a reflector to really shine and, and knowing that they do really have all this beautiful gifts and just allowing themselves to tap into that spontaneous joy, whatever that means for them. Yeah. Wow. And what kind of energy do projectors and reflectors need to be mindful of? Like, you know, manifestors surge and rest. Generators have to follow their satisfaction. What is it that the projectors and reflectors need to do to manage their energy? The projector is a little bit harder to answer because they actually have the widest spectrum that they fall on in terms of the energy and what their charts will look like. So some projectors have no energy motors to find in their chart. Some of them have all of them. (laughs) I had a reading for a projector the other day and the only energy center he didn't have to find was his sacral. And I was like, wow, like that's a lot of energy. So with the projectors, you know, there's, you know, I think this whole again narrative of like, well, projectors are sleepy nappy. They can only work for four hours may not always be true for every projector, but it may be true for some. So I think for the projectors, it's more about giving themselves permission to, well, firstly, understanding the energy that they have available to them, because if they have one or more energy motors, they may have a consistent internal way of experiencing that energy, whether it be wavy, pulsy, you know, big spurts of ambition and drive. So they may have like a a way of their energy really moving. Otherwise it might be a little bit more varied. So I think for the projectors, it's more about how do I work best and what do I need? So it's really this permission based, like setting yourself up the best that works for you. Because I've got projector friends who like will go hard out for weeks and then literally take like a month or more off. And then I've got other projectors who work four hours a day max and then they have the rest of the day off. Or I've got other projectors who have like a big burst of like outward facing energy in the morning. They have a little bit of rest and then they go back to like admin or story creation or content creation in the afternoon. So it's so varied for the projector. The only thing that I would say is with your signature being success, (laughs) There can be a little bit of tunnel vision that happens there where there's that push past where the energy is available. And so I think what's really key for the projectors is like knowing when enough is enough and knowing when their energy dips, it's okay to step back from that and redefining their relationship to success to also include 
balance, play, rest, nourishment, all of those beautiful things. For the reflectors, though, it's, again, so varied because they may be like, say, for example, if I was living with a reflector and I went on a surge, they might get hit with that surge energy and also equally be like, oh, my God, I'm pumped. Like, So they may be impacted by my energy. So they really need to know who is around me and what energy do they have so I'm not hit by surprise when I'm suddenly blindsided by a surge or an emotional wave or something like that. So it's like having that ability to know the energy around them and also knowing when it's time for them to pull back and having spaces where they can recharge away from everyone else's energies and when it's time to connect and when they want to be in community and they want to be around people and they want to immerse themselves in energy again. And I think that's probably that ability to know when it's time for for what cycle for them as well and having those healthy spaces to retreat and recharge. Yeah, that's so so good to know about yourself though, isn't it? It's so good to understand that, especially for the small percentage of us who are reflectors. Like, are you gonna be surrounded by people who are going through these roller coasters of emotion or these roller coasters of of content creation and are you going to be swept up in that like who do you want to surround yourself with that's a really important question for a reflector and probably for a projector as well if they see deeply into people's auras and all that sort of stuff and I guess for all of us like you explained even to me in my chart there are parts of our chart where if it's undefined we can be more likely to take on other people's stuff and we have to be really clear about what's ours and what's theirs and you know that can be a lifelong process for us as well. But just knowing that can make all the difference. That self-awareness can bring us a sense of peace that we didn't have before because we now know, okay, let's cut away the things that are draining. Let's cut away the relationships of the people from our environment that are going to make us less productive or, you know, feel a certain way that we don't want to feel. Like there is there are strategies in that we can employ to help us stay more in our equilibrium, in our centers of doing our best work, I guess, and feeling our best. So I think, yeah, human design is hugely valuable for helping us to do that. And that is such a great tool to have in business because when we're in alignment and when we're feeling good, we are so much better business people. We're so much more productive. We're so much more efficient. We're so much more in tune with what our clients want. We're better marketers, all of that stuff. So yeah, I would absolutely recommend looking into human design if you haven't already. And obviously looking at your astrology as well, because I think that there are so many parallels there between astrology and human design, but also there are strengths of one that can be applied and enhanced with the strengths of the other as well, depending on what you resonate more with. Totally. And one thing I'd say as well on that kind of knowing where we're at is all of us have in human design what's known as a not-self and a signature. And they are the two biggest emotional signposts to give us this clue of when we're working in or out of alignment. So for manifestors, it's peace and anger. For generators, it's frustration and satisfaction. For projectors, it's bitterness and success. And for reflectors, it's surprise and disappointment. So we really have this beautiful, immediate emotional guideline of when something's not working. You know, when I experience anger now, I'm like, oh, okay, what's happening here? (laughs) Let me just take a step back. Oh my God. Okay. I haven't informed. Okay. And then, so I can like be like, all right, what do I need to inform? Who do I need to inform? And so you can then like take a step back and see 
where is this anger coming from? And sometimes, you know, we have, you know, all of our open centers have little not selves as well. So sometimes it'll be the not self of anger will come because there is something happening in one of those centers. And so then I have this point of awareness of like, okay, cool. Well, now I can go in here and I can have a look. Okay. I'm feeling unworthy and undervalued. What can I do to value myself today? So it's like this constant, like catch, correct and release. (laughs) cycle that we can go through yeah. utilizing these two incredible signposts from the body to know when we're moving with or against our energy exactly like you were talking about with the planets like these are two other little signposts to know when we're working with or against ourselves on the daily basis that's fantastic to know and to tune into again like yeah where am i feeling angry why is that if you're a manifester where am i feeling frustrated if you're a generator so Think about those things if you are listening, see what's going on for you because there will be a little nugget of wisdom in that feeling and hopefully it will help you move your business forward out of that state once you start to acknowledge what's what's really going totally. on. Totally. And exactly like I said, that was how I found human design. I was so angry <laughs> that nothing was working. And then as soon as I started using my human design, I'm like, ah, oh, peace, it's amazing. <laughs> And our signature can be a clue too, because a couple of Fridays ago, I had a little picnic in the afternoon at the park with my dog and I felt so much peace. Like it was like probably one of the most peaceful moments I'd felt. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. What's happening here? Why do I feel so much peace? And I'm like, oh, this is the first Friday I've had spare in a while. And so I literally adjusted my calendar so I could have more of that. (laughs) So like it just, you know, there's so many clues in both of like, okay, when we're feeling angry, what do we need to adjust? But when we're feeling peace, how can we bring more of this to our life? What is this telling us that we need? Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love Friday picnics. Very nice. Oh my God, I know. I think my dog does (laughs) as well. He was very excited. (laughs) He had so many crackers. All right. Well, this has been such a cool chat. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about before we wrap up? What's going on in your business? You know, what do you want to tell people about how they can get in touch with you at the moment or in the future when you're in a surge? (laughs) What's best? Well, the best ways to contact is through Instagram. I spend most of my time on there and that's just at kirstenmorrison.co. And then my website is kirstenmorrison.co. So if you go to my website, all of the ways that you can work with me are there. At the moment, it ranges anything from I've got two physical products. So you can get human design affirmation cards and human design journals as well. So there's some products there. And then also I have my membership catalyst, which will be opening again in January. Then I have human design readings. I have advanced human design readings. I have breathwork sessions, which will be changing in the new year to incorporate human design as well. And then I have my one-on-one, you know, ongoing mentorship as well. And also another program called Alchemy. And I've also got my human design reader training. So it's all there. (laughs) So many different rooms that you can join me in all the way down, like I said, from the membership, all the way up to the mentoring and, and human design reader training. But there's so many different ways to work together. But yeah, if you have any questions at all, you can always reach out. And my availability is always there, whether I'm in a surge or not, the availability that's there. correct so that's beautiful and like I said if you do join me on Instagram you'll either experience like 200% of me will going full throttle or very very little you'll mainly just be getting my like pole dancing videos and dog picnics and different things like that so there'll be like a very a very distinct thing but you'll know exactly where we are at the journey because I'll inform you (laughs) brilliant love it well thank you so much for joining me today and yeah I hope that everyone can go and check out 
all of those amazing offers and yeah book in a human design reading if you haven't had one already it is such an enlightening experience and I highly recommend it and it aligns beautifully with astrology if you want to work with both as well so thank you so much thank you for having me it was so beautiful to be here I'll actually give you as well a link to share in the show notes where you can go to my website and get a little bit of like free information as well about your energy type so you can have a little start there and then if you do want to book a reading there's you know a deeper dive that we can go through but thank you so much for having me i love talking about human design obviously so (laughs) any excuse (laughs) awesome thank you thanks for joining me on the cosmic business breakthrough If you'd like to learn more about what I do, head to sophiapalace.com or follow me at sophiapalace over on Instagram. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd love for you to take a moment and review the show if you found it helpful and share it with a few friends. Thanks again, and I'll speak to you next time.